It's a little Led Zeppelin. I know. Well, I know you know. I'm just saying. <laughs> for anybody out there that doesn't know. All right. We're going to cut that one a little bit short because today is a, uh, a very, very exciting uh, day here at Live on Real Estate. I'm Patrick Ali, your host. Um, I have once again wrangled in CP to join me today. Sit co-pilot. How you doing? Morning, morning. Good, good. And uh, today it's it's kind of a it's kind of an exciting podcast today because we have uh, a good friend of ours here at Hall Financial. We have a good friend of a lot of people in the office. He walked in the office and like everybody knew him already. So it's kind of nice. Uh, Joe Fortuna, what's going on, bud? Hey, how you doing? Good, Patrick? good, good, good. Hey, so we're here to talk about real estate. We're here to talk about mortgages, give you information, make you more knowledgeable, uh, yada, yada, yada. So I want to hop into it, Fortuna. Uh, and we all, we call him Fortuna, so you guys can too. Um, how's everything going? How's business? Bus- business is what it is this time yeah. of year. I mean, is there an easy way to say that? <laughs> I mean, between yeah. Labor Day and Memorial Day, things, you know, take a little bit of a slower roll, yeah. but, you know, it's it's steady. That's good. Um, we're, we're growing. We're putting together some things, and um, I always have fun this time of year. Yeah, and you just opened up a, a new location, correct? Yeah, we opened up an office in Clinton Township uh, cool. about a half mile from where I grew up. I mean, nice. uh, right on Garfield and 18-mile road. So That's it's, awesome. Uh, exciting like you know doing the the renovation getting it started getting the computers up and running getting the people coming in training yeah uh launching new products and services it's fun yeah that's good now do you do you get out to clinton township a lot like normally before you know, the place went up yes and no yeah you I know mean, a lot of our favorite uh restaurants are out there it's like little italy right yeah i'm half italian so yeah. <laughs> I, I mean we go out there we've got luciano's uh you know restaurant and yeah. a couple different places that we like to go uh, we also have uh, family and friends out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's 25, 30 minutes from where I live. I yeah. live in uh, the Romeo area, Washington Township. Yeah, I like oh. I like Clinton Township because I live in, like, Clinton Township, Harrison Township. Yeah. And it's one of those places that you're, like, away from everything that you don't want to be, a, you know, the hustle and bustle and a lot of traffic yeah. and stuff. But then you're always the five, ten minutes away from, like, Hall Road where it's, like, yeah. you know, restaurant galore, you know, business galore. And it's it's just a nice place to be. So yeah, that's I good. can find you traffic, but we don't talk about it in this building. I saw, I saw the <laughs> yeah. sign walking in. We don't talk, don't, we don't talk right. about traffic. <laughs> right. Well, listen, let's, let's kind of hop into it and talk a, a little bit about what it is you do. Now, you're obviously a real estate broker, you and your partner, Dan. Um, and so tell us a little bit about that. We had a brief conversation beforehand, but kind of explain to us what it means to be a real estate broker uh, versus, you know, non. You know, uh, real estate is one of those businesses that's uh, very similar to the mortgage business, but it's a little bit more free. Yeah. You know, uh, you have a little bit more options on how you want how you want to work. Right. You can work in commercial. You can work with uh, residential clients. Uh, you can work as an individual broker. I'm an individual broker. I have six broker's licenses. As funny as that sounds, it's a lot different uh, than the mortgage business mm-hmm. where you just carry the one license. Um, but then I also have an associate broker's license where I'm part of a larger organization um, is under an umbrella called EXP. So okay. Uh, okay. So, and, and a lot of agents will do that because yeah. there's certain things that you do uh, with the large organization as far as from a marketing standpoint. And there's certain things you can do as far as your, your local uh, small business uh, as far as like um, you know, service oriented yeah. and and packages and, and procedures that only you can do, you hmm. know. And that's when we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. You guys were asking me what the difference was. Uh, when you are an individual broker, you have a little bit more latitude, right? Because right. you're not falling under the umbrella. Or you're not you're not in a situation where there's you know cookie cutter products and services. Right. Um, but you also don't have the same resources that you would have behind you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a bigger place. You know, um, the, the difference for the customer is 
maybe you can spend a little more time with them. Maybe they have a little bit more options. You yeah. Know? And that's and that's kind of, you know you you kind of use what you have. Right. You know? So, if you've got all these brokerage licenses, does that mean you you know if I come to you and say, Joe, I need you to sell my house. Can you choose? I'm going to sell it under this one or this one or this one. I'm going to take it where I've got a bigger back shop, back room, and EXP versus I'm going to do it under my own. Yeah, typically uh, what happens in a situation like that, and you, know, you also have to be careful of conflicts of interest and mm-hmm. what your responsible, right. responsibilities are. Um, but uh, based on where, you know the marketing and how we procure uh, business, uh, kind of dictates what we're doing. A lot of the, you know, I don't know, we, we have uh, listing packages with options that we mm-hmm. do through our Square Deal Homes team uh, with EXP, but then we also have some stuff that we do individually um, to market for our past clients, um, people who maybe need, uh, you know, a rebate on their transaction and stuff like that to yeah. make stuff work. And hmm. yeah, it's, it's, for the most part, uh, we work through one umbrella, but um, depending on what we're doing. I, f- I feel like though being a broker, um, and, and maybe I'm I'm wrong on this, but it's whether you're in mortgages or real estate, there's a lot more um, a lot more time that you spend marketing yourself because it really isn't a huge dollar figure that's behind your marketing. Yeah. But I th- I feel like it's almost a good thing because it gives you the opportunity. You have to be very self motivated in that type of that type of field because you have to be able to control your own social. You have to be able to you know have things like a podcast that's able to get your name out there and stuff because you don't have you know, billion dollars of a corporation that's backing you. It's literally here. Here's the keys you drive, and how successful is really depends on your self motivation. Well, it's it's uh, it's a people business right. first and foremost, right. right? So, I mean, it, however you connect with people is going to be how you build your business, right? You know, if you're really good with social media, because there are some people out there yeah. that are really good at reaching people, you know, through the internet and through different ways of you know um, using the media. Um, that's their way of doing it. Right. I mean, if you're a shoe leather guy and you're still going out there knocking on doors and shaking hands and, and that works for you, then that's how you got to make your money. Yeah. And, and in our business, um, because there's so many different things you can do, you can you can focus on luxury homes, Yeah. right? So you might be in media that only, um, you know, caters to luxury home clients. You know, yeah. you might be in uh, print ads. You might be in websites that to target that market. Yeah. Uh, and if that's your, if that's your market, that's the way you got to get your business. You got to be very specific. Now, if you're putting a wide cast out there because right. you'll take anybody, you know, uh, first time home buyers and you're going to drive around with a lot of buyers, stuff like that. You want to use as much, uh, much of the tools as you can right. to try to drive business towards you. So you would use more technology. You know, yeah. for me, I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm not really a big technology guy. I mean, no. uh, my, my partner uh, and I laugh about this all the time. Like, he'll set stuff in front of me, and he's like, man, you'd be using a rotary phone if nobody stopped you. You know, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm a people person first. You know, right. I'll figure the technology out. But you, you do need it. You, need, right. you do need to be able to use those uh, tools. Yeah, um, I think that's where a lot of people fail. Not even necessarily fail, but I think that's where they maybe get off track. And it doesn't even have to be mortgages or real estate. It's just... They hear an idea and like, I got to try that. And then they hear a different idea and I got to try that. And I hear something, I got to try that. I mean, you kind of said it, Joe. If you can get a feel for what your game is, what your shtick is, whatever it is, even if it is outdated, even Mm -hmm. if it is a shoe leather guy, but if that's what you do, then that's what you do. And that means you don't spend time like, I'm going to, you know, try this Insta tweet and I'm going to figure out and send something to six people. And, you know, it's like, 
Yeah. You, you got to find out where your niche is and, and, and go with it. Yeah. And at least until you determine that this isn't working and I need to try something different. Uh, but I think too many people get caught up in too many things and spread themselves so right. wide that they have no real identity anymore. And, and one of the so. things that I like so much about working here is that, um, you know, DH, our fearless leader, and I, we, we kind of sat down one day and he's like, you know, when you're first getting started, I think in this this realm, you know, this type of this type of business, trying a hundred little things and finding which one you know makes sense for you is the way to go. But once you figure out, you know, I, I'm I'm all about so my my platform is strictly social, and that's where I get all my business. Or my platform is you know face to face conversation. That's that's what I'm good at. Once you get it and it starts rolling. Don't try to push yourself in every other dimension because it just doesn't it doesn't work like that. You know, right. if you if you're if you're really good at face to face and you like meeting people and talking with people, then you try to go into the social platform and you, you you're not getting a real good hot start at it. You tend to focus more on that and it takes away or negates what you're trying to what right. you're doing and what your your skill really is in. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And, and absolutely. So uh, one thing that I kind of want to talk about, too, because uh, Fortuna, you do continuing education. Yeah. Um, and you and I talk mm -hmm. about this, you know, on and off quite a bit. So with continuing education, you're consistently training or teaching and, and reteaching us in the industry on the people that are licensed. And there's always a stigma between FDIC and, you know, non-depository, you know, what the differences are and what they aren't. So kind of explain to us, number one, what it is to be a licensed loan officer versus non-licensed loan officer. And I think that we both, we all kind of have mixed opinions on this, this topic. Yeah. You know, when they passed all those laws, um, you know, the, the SAFE Act and the Housing and Economic Recovery Act and um, a lot of the uh, consumer protection measures were put in place uh, to help identify professionals in the business and put people in front of the client yeah. who are competent and know what they're doing. I mean, the days of <laughs> I give somebody a quote and then they take my quote and run to a cousin who signed up at a broker down the street right. and then they cut me out of the deal just right. to write a bad loan for the guy. Those, those are behind us. Uh, so one of the good things that came from the, uh, you know, the laws uh, is the SAFE Act. And uh, so w what happened with that, though, is, you know, and if you guys look at the statistics, you go back to 2003, 90% of all the business was being written by brokers and right. mortgage companies, right? right? For good or bad. I mean, so, a good percentage of them wrote good loans. And a small percentage of them, you know, just use that pay option arm for everybody. Right, right. <laughs> right? Well, the, the minority kills it for the majority. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. And so after, after the fact now, you've got a good percentage, maybe 75, 80% of the people now, they go to big banks. And so just, you know, what's the difference in that? If I'm a loan officer working for an FDIC federally chartered bank, mm -hmm. right, I'm under their their umbrella umbrella right. i'm under their licensing i right. follow their procedures i don't I, I still get nmls registered but i don't have to take the same type of um you know testing and, and training that that we do as state licensed right. uh, entity loan officers and the the biggest difference so for the consumer is that the fdic loan officer working in your local bank has a fiduciary responsibility to the bank right so he represents the bank 
So it's kind of like you walking into court and working with the other guy's attorney. Right, yeah. Okay, so that's just my opinion. But now on the other side of it, what is our responsibility? Whether you're a, a, a correspondent lender, a broker, someone who kind of works in between with some options to go to some different lenders, ultimately you represent the client. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a, the same way that I look at real estate, too. Like if, I, if I'm working with a client, um, am I working for that client or right. am I working for the company? You know, in, in a broker situation like I'm in now, you work for the client. Right. Now, can you always do the best thing by the client with the resources you have? That's where you. That's where your salesmanship and that's yeah. where your competency comes into play. Um, but in a situation like finance, where it's so serious, yeah. right? I mean, anybody can go buy a house, but to get the loan to buy the house and to, to take the biggest financial um, obligation on in their life, you want to make the right decision, right? right? So you do you want to work for somebody who's you know, working for the bank, or do you want to work for so with somebody who's working for you? That's yeah. the biggest difference. And and you get a you get and just like in any industry, you get a very um, a variance of competency from one guy to the next. You go into one place and you get the best guy in the world. You go into the next bank and you know he's brand new and right. he's he's getting um, you know bonuses for taking credit card applications. Yeah, you know. yeah, I think you're exactly exactly right. And I think <laughs> the point you just made is the biggest piece of it. The individual that you sit across the table from or that you're on the telephone with is ultimately going to be who, you know, that's the most important decision, not the name that is behind them. Um, We all know it doesn't matter, you know, whose 30-year fixed mortgage you take. Some don't come with analog brakes and air conditioning and others don't. I mean, there's no difference at the end of the day. But the person that you're dealing with, it doesn't matter if they're with Wells Fargo or, you know, Loan Depot or us or Quicken Loans or anybody, if they know what they're doing, if they have, you know, if they're competent, if they right. have experience, they have, they know, you know, they, they, they can follow up well, they give good client service. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Um, you can have a horrible, inexperienced, just, you know, dumb loan officer working at any of those places. It right. really doesn't matter. Which we've all seen. Yeah, I mean, we have. We've all and, been you know, the license that. piece yeah. of it or not, you know, unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people pass that test that yeah. that you know probably shouldn't. <laughs> I, I I can agree with that, but my my biggest thing is with being licensed versus non licensed. So you go into big bank, you go into you know you know big box bank, credit union, whatever it is. Uh, the person on the other end of the other end of the uh, the table or on the other end of the phone when you're talking to them, their their objective is not to you know in their head they might feel good about writing your loan. But that is not their objective. At the end of the day, the objective is to retain your assets and keep you as a client. That's why we see all the time, we'll write a loan for somebody, and then all of a sudden they bring this loan estimate from another bank, and we realize that this bank's only charging them 1200 bucks. Well, understand, the cost is virtually the same, your title. All of that stuff's going to yeah. be the same at the end of the day. It's where is that money shifting in the loan? Where are you going to see it pop up down the road? And that's that's kind of where you know my frustration is, is because... As a as a licensed loan officer and somebody that you know took the safe and that that uh, you know went through training because it was a grueling training and you both know what I'm talking about, uh, but you know as somebody that does that every day, we I just feel like we have so much more to give and there's so much more knowledge out there. And to Joe's point, when you're talking about um, you know whether you can broker or you have a correspondent line, that's one of the great things about us here is that we're kind of a hybrid between the two. Right. We have the ability to lend our own money, so we have the ability to do the same as the big box companies, but we also, um, for you know, a lot less cost, but also we have the ability to take that same profile if it's not you know, pr- a prime credit or prime income 
and shop that around with a few different investors to find the best possible deal. That's why we're closing, you know, 580, 590 credit scores, and we're, we're clo- still closing them in a reasonable amount of time. Right. I mean, the, you know, we could go on and on about the differences, right? Right. We're not here from 9 to 5. You know, we're available on weekends. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, continuing education or just our, I guess, our, our finger on the pulse of the industry and the market and what's happening is so much more in the now versus, you know, the bank that's been around for so long that does your car loan and your credit card and your line of credit and, oh, we just happen to do mortgages also. And so it's the same guy who's, you know, been doing it for 100 years that that really isn't up on exactly what's going on in today's world of of real estate and mortgage and lending and finance. It's like, I mean, the difference is night and day. So, you know. You know, there's another there's another thing that uh, we're we're not talking about here, and 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 David is one of the people that uh, we learned this from. He he helped pioneer it you know, back in the days of Rock Financial. We're talking 20 years ago, and I was on Chris's team. Is the team concept right. in the mortgage right. business? Right. Yeah, is uh, you don't see that in an FDIC federally no, chartered bank. <clears throat> so you walk into a place like this. Or you might have a guy who's on your team who does nothing but government loans, and he knows those government loans inside right. and out. He does them on a daily basis. He's the best source to go to. Right. Uh, there might be another guy that works with jumbos. You might get another guy that works with home equity loans. Yeah. You walk into the bank, and you got the same guy wearing all those different hats, and somewhere in between there, he's got to take an application for a savings account. Right. He's got to see if he can have you shift money into a checking account. He's right. Gotta see if he can give you away the twenty dollar, you know, bonus for for taking yeah, because he's gonna get a bonus for the credit card. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a there's a a difference there that you can offer by having that type. You know, we, we would try to apply the same thing on the real estate side. I wouldn't try to take care of all these different services. I wouldn't try to do commercial real estate if I only do residential real estate. I bring someone on my team that does it. Right. You know, I wouldn't try to be the guy going out there selling flat fee uh, flat. Um, flat fee listings uh if i if we didn't have somebody in the in the office who was working on that and and understanding that side of it and understanding social media and how to reach people so you have to have a team of people who have competency in different areas and you could do that in the mortgage business on the state licensed companies you can't do that in the bank they don't have the budget everyone in there is working right um on a um uh, salary basis, mm-hmm. you know, and they might get bonuses for their production. Yeah. But the, the realistically, you see one guy handling five different branches, not five guys working in one branch of right. the team. So that's right. the difference. Well, right. and, and to touch on that a little bit further, it's it's more or less the local team, you know. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong, you know, not and not to single any one entity out, but take Bank of America for example, or Chase. They spend billions of dollars in their marketing, and you see them in Super Bowl commercials, and you see them on, uh, you know, Channel Four in the morning, whatever it is. Um, but if you go into, uh, you know, any bank of, we have bank of America that's really close to us. If you go into that branch, you're not going into their studio where they're filming their commercials. You're not mm-hmm. talking to their social media person. Whereas like, you know, so, a, a company like ours, you know, one of our social people are sitting in front of us at the table, just, but you know, you have all of your loan officers in one place. You have your processors in one place. Uh, you're not third partying everything that you do. You have your VP, your president, your owner of your company in one place. Um, and I think it's just a huge competitive advantage. Um, and it allows you to tap into so many different people because I feel like, you know, Chris and I, we sit right next to each other. And so we bounce ideas off of each other, you know, quite a bit. It's a joy. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, I would say so. Anyway, whatever. I'm like that kid. I'm like that, uh, 
that kid that follows him around. I'm like, teach me more, teach me more. So anyways, we sit next to each other and we bounce ideas off each other, but not at any point in time, if I have a question about compliance, you know, I'll go to, to Dan Majeski, our president, and I have a conversation with him and I, I have the ability to do that. And, you know, even more so about what we talked about earlier, it's when you're spending so much time in, you know, 10 different, 10 different fields and then you just happen to do mortgages as well, mm-hmm. something's got to give. And a lot of times we find out in process that either a client, you know, or when we're uh, talking to a client, either a client hasn't gotten that same type of personal attention that they need to their loan. They can't get a hold of their banker. Their banker doesn't work, you know, it works normal banker hours. And even so for they don't have a cell phone number or an email address that they can call. They got to call an 800 number to finally get patched into another banker. Right. Yeah. It's it's like we said, it's night and day. I mean, we, we, right. we haven't even gotten into the mortgage insurance piece. You ever seen right. like what that looks like at a bank? I mean, yeah, PMI is, is from the... You, you know, know. And it, it might all work. Yeah. I mean, right? You might walk in and you right. might get the guy that returns right. your phone call. You might get great service, a great product. Right. You might get everything might go just very smoothly, but it's not going to get done in twenty five days. Right. You might you might be right. sixty days, ninety days out. Right. Look, and as a real estate broker, a real estate listing agent, when I have a, a house up for sale and we get an offer comes in that I'm supposed to present to my client. Yeah. You know, I I have to take a second look at it when it's coming in from an organization that I know is going to take 60 days, 90 days. I see something come in from a hall financial. Right. I know that you know what there's going to be so many quarterback in this thing. It wouldn't got it wouldn't have gotten this far yeah. unless the person right. really has taken a really good look at this and maybe already ran some um, you know credentials for this client. And that's um, that's important. I don't think you guys realize how important that is out in the right. real estate world uh, as we look at those pre approvals now more than we did ten years ago. I mean, back when I was only writing loans, I'd turn in you know an application or I'd turn in a, a pre approval to a client and let them go put an offer it and just assume you're going to get the offer every time it doesn't work that way now right I mean, you get it you it's get, competitive uh, yeah it, it's very competitive and you get you know how much money you're putting down what type of loan you're doing the the but the um the way you do your business and what your reputation is in the market is huge right right no yeah, I, I absolutely agree yeah. well I'm, and i'm curious to know you know one last kind of topic to talk about i'm curious to know from your side because you're in real estate you know what is the biggest things that you're looking for when you get that initial pre-approval from a lender you know um are you looking for the contingencies that are on there are you looking for to make sure that it's a true pre-approval versus pre-qualification so for anybody out there that doesn't know pre-qualification is just we had a conversation you told me how much money you make you told me what your credit is and i give you a letter that says here you can buy this much, but we still have to verify everything as opposed to a pre-approval where it's initially underwritten by a processor underwriter. It's looked over by a loan officer. In our case, I have Chris look at majority of my loans just to make sure I get a second set of eyes. So what are the things that you're really examining when you're talking to your client and you have that pre-approval? Well, I mean, I mean, just just to remind you, I'm like a rotary telephone. Right? So, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that pre-approval, and the very first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call Chris Bazzoli. Right. This is your client. Tell me a little bit about the situation. How comfortable do you feel? Right. I know I know how comfortable I feel with him. Yeah. Um. And you know wh- whether it says it's a conventional loan, a government loan. Look, if I know the house might have trouble passing, uh, you know, a government check, then I'm gonna be very careful about right. taking a government loan. Um, but for the most part, if we're talking just you know credentials and do I feel comfortable with this? Yeah. Is it going to pass? The semantics 
of what you put on that paper really mean nothing. Right. It really is who's behind it and yeah. what they're going to actually deliver. Basically, Chris's and, point. And, and you, you could hand me something that says, this is a pre-approval. I looked at this with a microscope. Oh, that sounds great. What's your name? So-and-so, I work in a call center downtown Detroit, <laughs> and I, I, I basically yeah. just take the deposit, and you'll never hear from me again. Right. I'm going to be real careful about that one. But I'm going to call, you know, Patrick Ali, and I'm going to say, "Hey, this is your pre-approval from your client, right. and uh, what can you tell me about it?" Joe, been working with this guy. Looked at this, 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 and this. I feel very comfortable. We could probably close in 21 to 30 days. You know, if we need a little extra time, I'll let you know ahead of time. I know I'm going to get those updates. Right. I know that my client can rest well knowing that this contract is is being taken care of, and they can move on to looking at their next house. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to anybody out there that, um, you know, number one is thinking about buying, and we say this all the time, thinking about buying, about selling a home, needs mortgage advice, or just needs somebody to, to have a conversation with that's knowledgeable, find somebody that, number one, you have that initial interview with them, and they, you know that you can trust them, or you have a really good, you know, feeling about them. But also ask them for things. I have all the time clients ask me, you know, how can I verify that you are who you are? How do I know you actually work at Big Beaver and Crooks right down the road from me? Well, I'll give you my NMLS number. You know, I'll walk you through how to look me up. I'm giving you all my contact info. Call my cell phone anytime. And half the time they got to tell people at night, I'm like, hey, if you hear any yelling in the background, it's probably my daughter jumping off some of the furniture or something. So I apologize. Make it a real, make yourself a real human being, and I think yeah. Let's go have a let's go have a cup of coffee together yeah. and sit down yeah. and talk for a few minutes. I mean, there's bazillions of ways. Bazo- for sure. CP actually did a uh, a table application the other day. Yeah, kitchen table. Kitchen, kitchen table went old down, fashioned. Yep. Kitchen table. <laughs> It was tremendous. A man after my own heart. Oh, <laughs> it was really nice. I got to tell you, this woman had like banana bread out for oh me. I mean, oh, and really? we sat down and, you know, it was it was, it was was wonderful. The I, dog I, was sniffing my leg. You got to be was, careful <laughs> with those kind of I – used, I used to have those kind of uh, meetings with clients all the time. And uh, we'd sit down, and when they start bringing you two, three, four courses, right. and then they ask you at the end, so what do the W-2s have to say? Then you got to be careful. Ah, yes, <laughs> yes. No. Thankfully, we didn't, we didn't get into any of that. That's um, awesome. So anyway. Anybody out there uh, that needs anything real estate, um, needs any companies out there that are looking, you know, it's continuing ed time right now. So anybody you know, it, that needs it was continuing well, ed time. Well, it was. Listen, listen the, big, the big time of the year for continuing education is really between like Labor Day. When things slow down in the business, that's when everyone rushes to go do their, right. their continuing education because renewals already started. So we just kind of wrapped up quite a few classes for uh, mortgage continuing education. Good. We're going to get into the real estate continuing education this next Good. year. I'll use that more for a recruiting base. Nice. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I enjoy teaching the classes. Like Perfect. I said, it's a people business. Get in front of people and, right. you know, share ideas and get better at what you do. Well, we, tell it. Tell, you've oh, yeah, you've yeah. got six broker's licenses, so I would imagine you've got a lot of renewing to uh, to get going. <laughs> there's gonna... reasons for those I can explain to you later. He, he, he I'm hi- very curious about why there's six of them. <laughs> he hibernates for like three months out of the year to get those renewed. Right. All right, well, tell us how we get a hold of you. Number, email, social security number, bank account. I'm the easiest guy in the world to find. I'm Joey Fortuna at, uh, at yahoo.com. I'm also Jay Fortuna. At getasquaredeal.com. Our office, get, uh, Square Deal Homes, is on uh, Gar- 40680 Garfield Road, Suite 2 in Clinton Township. And my phone number is 586 615 2868. Beautiful, Joe. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. This is fun. Thanks, Patrick. Yep. Thanks, Chris. CP, as always. Good times. All righty. I'm Patrick Ali. This is live on real estate. We'll see you next time. <laughs>